it for by his power each tree and flower was planned and made jesus is lord the universe declares it sun moon and stars in heaven cry jesus is lord jesus is lord jesus is lord praise him with hallelujahs for jesus is lord jesus is lord yet from his throne eternal in flesh he came to die in vain on calvary's tree jesus is lord from him all life proceeding yet gave his life a ransom thus setting us free jesus is lord jesus is lord praise him with hallelujahs for jesus is lord jesus is lord oh sin the mighty conqueror from death he rose and all his foes shall own his name jesus is lord god sent his holy spirit to show by works of power that jesus is lord jesus is lord jesus is lord praise him with hallelujahs for jesus is lord jesus is lord jesus is lord praise him with hallelujahs for jesus is lord lord Lord, you are an amazing God. 
Jesus, we thank you that there is none like you. We thank you, Lord, that you are our rock, our refuge, our strength and our redeemer, our shelter, our comforter. And Lord, we thank you that we can put our trust firmly in you. You are amazing. You are all powerful. Help us to trust in you, no matter what's going on around us, no matter how uncertain we might feel about the immediate future. Lord God, we can trust you. Amen. And now um, Mark is going to uh, give us a, an all-age talk. Hi everyone, last week we saw how God saved his people and freed them from slavery in Egypt. This week we're going to find out what happened next. When God led his people out of Egypt, he didn't lead them on the easiest road. He took them through the desert towards a big sea called the Red Sea. 
God led his people by day with a big cloud. The cloud helped shade the people from the hot desert sun. By night, he led them with a pillar of fire. The fire helped keep them warm in the cold desert nights. God took care of his people. Meanwhile, back in Egypt, when the Pharaoh realized that the Egyptians had gone, he changed his mind again and decided he wanted them back. What have we done? Letting our slave labor go free? We must be mad. So Pharaoh took his best men and chariots and started chasing the Israelites. When the Israelites saw the Egyptian army and chariots coming, they were very afraid. The Egyptian army was on one side and the Red Sea was on the other. They were trapped. They had nowhere to go. But Moses said, don't be afraid. Just stand still and watch the Lord save you today. The Egyptians you see today will never be seen again. The Lord himself will fight for you. Just stay calm. Then Moses raised his hand over the sea and the Lord opened up a path through the water with a strong east wind. So the people of Israel walked through the middle of the sea on dry ground with walls of water on each side. The Egyptians, with their horses and chariots, chased after the Israelites through the sea, but God twisted their chariot wheels, making them difficult to drive. When the Israelites reached the other side, the Lord said to Moses, raise your hand over the sea again. When he did, the waters returned and all the chariots and horses, the entire Pharaoh army who chased the Israelites into the sea were drowned. Not a single one survived. When the Israelites saw the mighty power of the Lord, they were filled with awe before him. They put their faith in the Lord and in his servant Moses. You and I have seen the mighty power of God in our lives. Let us worship and praise him for the mighty acts he has performed, they sang. After praising God and giving thanks for him saving them again, the Israelites continued their journey through the desert to the promised land. After a few days of travel, the people were very thirsty. The only water they found tasted so bitter that they could not even drink it. The thirsty people began to complain again. What are we going to drink? They asked Moses. They remembered their life back in Egypt. They began remembering the good things about Egypt that they missed and forgot about the way Pharaoh had treated them so badly. Moses prayed and asked God to help the people again. God answered Moses' prayer. He gave Moses a piece of wood and told him to touch the bitter water with it. When Moses touched the water, it changed from bitter to sweet, just as God said it would. Now there was plenty of water for everyone and the animals. After more than a month, the people arrived in a place called the Desert of Sin, where they made camp. But soon all of their food was gone and the people began to doubt that God could take care of them. 
Once again, the people complained and grumbled. They said to Moses, why does you bring us out here to starve and die in the desert? We would have been better off staying in Egypt. At least we had food there. The Israelites doubted that God could look after them. Maybe he had forgotten about them. But God had not forgotten about his people. He told Moses that it was going to rain down food from heaven. So Moses told the Jews not to worry, that every morning God would provide bread. The Israelites called this manna, which means, what is it? And every evening, little birds called quails would fly into the camp for the people to eat. He told the Israelites only to collect enough food for the day, because there would be more food the next morning. God was testing the Jews to see if they would trust him and believe in him. But sure enough, some of them were worried that there would not be enough food for the next day because they still did not trust God, even after all the amazing ways in which he'd saved them, time after time. So they collected extra and stored it away for the next day. But when they went to get it, they found that the old manor had gone rotten and was full of worms and maggots. It was stinky and yucky. The people realised that they should have trusted and listened to God. But God wanted the Israelites to love, trust and obey him. So he told them to make the seventh day of the week special. It was to be called the Sabbath. They were to do no work on this day because it was a day of rest dedicated to God so they could remember and praise him for all the good things that he had done. God would send no manna on the Sabbath, so the Israelites were told to collect double the day before. Unfortunately, again, some of the people did not listen to God. Remembering the stinky, rotten extra manna they collected before, they did not collect any extra. And when the Sabbath came, they had no food and went hungry. So, at last, the Israelites finally realised that if they trusted and obeyed God, he would look after them, and there would always be plenty to eat and drink. God continued to provide manna and quails to the Israelites for many years, until eventually they reached the promised land. Because God loved his people, and he cared for them, just as he loves and cares for you. And this is the story of the Red Sea and manna from heaven. Thank you. Thank you, Mark. That was great. And just as God guided the, the Israelite people, um, he guides us today. He's always guided his people throughout all eternity. And we're going to, to sing that.
to give you our praises. Help us to praise you in all circumstances. And we have much to thank you for, even in these uh, current times. Lord God, we thank you for every person who has survived the virus. We thank you for the thousands and thousands of people who have been kept safe from it. We pray for the most vulnerable, not only in our own country, but throughout the world. We pray for those living in poverty and without access to good medical care. We lift up the elderly and those with pre-existing medical conditions. We pray that they would know your peace, your comfort and protection. Father God, would you bring healing to those who are already sick and comfort for them, for their families and for those who have lost loved ones. We pray for those who are particularly lonely and fearful, for those who are concerned about their jobs and their livelihoods. May they know your love and your peace, and would you, would you enable them to trust in you? Lord, please, would you provide for them? We pray for health workers around the world. We give thanks for the incredible NHS and other medical staff and caregivers here in the UK. We pray for the, all the other key workers, Lord, who keep our shops stocked, our bins emptied, our posts delivered. So many, Lord, we thank you for them. Would you sustain and keep them during these times? Would you grant nurses, doctors and other health and care professionals great wisdom as they make medical decisions? Give them energy and resilience as they work long hours. We pray for your blessing over the medical researchers who are searching for a vaccine. Lord, would you give them your wisdom and insight? Would you speed their work and make it effective in protecting lives? We pray for great wisdom for our government and health advisors. Lord God, would you please guide their decisions, help them to communicate their plans clearly to us? 
Lord, would you enable them to make decisions that will quickly and effectively stop the spread of the virus? Particularly, Lord, give them wisdom to know how and when to manage an exit from the lockdown. And again, Lord, would you sustain them, grant them energy and keep them um, safe in the time of stress and strain. We pray for our churches, Lord, that we would be a light and a support to our communities. We pray that the communities would know that they can turn to their ch local church for help. Would you help us as the church to love our neighbours, to reach out to those who are vulnerable, who, to those who need help. Help us, help us to, sh to know uh, who it is that needs to know your love through our, our practical acts of, of compassion. Lord God, would you keep us faithful to you? And may we constantly, Lord, worship you in all circumstances. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, uh, Helen is uh, going to bring us the, uh, today's reading. The reading is taken from Exodus 16, chapter, uh, chapter 16, verses 1 to 36. The whole Israelite community set out from Elin and came to the desert of Sin, which is between Elin and Sinai, on the 15th day of the second month after they had come out of Egypt. In the desert, the whole community grumbled against Moses and Aaron. The Israelites said to them, If only we had died by the Lord's hand in Egypt. There we sat around pots of meat and ate all the food we wanted. But you have brought us out into the desert to starve this entire assembly to death. Then the Lord said to Moses, I will rain down the bread from heaven for you. The people are to go out each day and gather enough for that day. In this way, I will test them and see whether they will follow my instructions. On the sixth day, they are to prepare what they bring in, and that is to be as twice as much as they gather on the other days. So Moses and Aaron said to all the Israelites, In the evening you will know that it was the Lord who brought you out of Egypt, and in the morning you will see the glory of the Lord, because he has heard your grumbling against him. Who are we that you should grumble against us? Moses also said, you will know that it was the Lord who, when he gives you the meat to eat in the evening and all the bread that you want in the morning because he has heard your grumbling against him. Who are we? You are not grumbling against us, but against the Lord. Then Moses told Aaron, say to the entire Israelite community, come before the Lord for he has heard your grumbling. While Aaron was speaking to the whole Israelite community, they looked towards the desert, and there was the glory of the Lord appearing in the cloud. The Lord said to Moses, I have heard the grumbling of the Israelites. Tell them at twilight you will eat meat, and in the morning you will be filled with bread. Then you will know that I am the Lord your God. That evening quail came and covered the camp, and in the morning there was a layer of dew around the camp. When the dew was gone, thin flakes like frost on the ground appeared on the desert floor. When the Israelites saw it, they said to each other, What is it? For they did not know what it was. Moses said to them, It is the bread the Lord has given you to eat. This is what the Lord has commanded. 
each one is to gather as much as he needs. Take an omer for each person you have in your tent. The Israelites did as they were told, some gathered much, some little. And when they measured it by the omer, he who gathered much did not have too much, and he who gathered little did not have too little. Each one gathered as much as he needed. Then Moses said to them, no one is to keep any of it until morning. However, some of them paid no attention to this, to Moses, and they kept part of it until morning. But it was full of maggots and began to smell. So Moses was angry with them. Each morning, everyone gathered as much as he needed. And when the sun grew hot, it melted away. On the sixth day, they gathered twice as much, two omers for each person, and the leaders of the community came and reported this to Moses. He said to them, this is what the Lord commanded. Tomorrow is to be the day of rest, a holy Sabbath to the Lord. So bake what you want to bake, boil what you want to boil, and save whatever is left and keep it until morning. So they saved it until morning as Moses commanded and it did not stink or get maggots in it. Eat it today, Moses said, because today is a Sabbath to the Lord. You will not find any of it on the ground today. Six days you are to gather it, but on the seventh day, the Sabbath, there will not be any. Nevertheless, some of the people went out on the seventh day to gather it, but they found none. Then the Lord said to Moses, how long will you refuse to keep my commands and my instructions? Bear in mind that the Lord had given you the Sabbath. That is why on the sixth day he gives you bread for two days. Everyone is to stay where he is on the seventh day. No one is to go out. So the people rested on the seventh day. The people of Israel called the bread manna. It was white like coriander seed and toasted, tasted like wafers made with honey. Moses said, this is what the Lord has kept, has commanded. Take an omer of manna and keep it for the generations to come so they can see the bread I gave you to eat in the desert when I brought you out of Egypt. So Moses said to Aaron, take a jar and put an omer of manna in it. Then place it before the Lord to be kept for the generations to come. As the Lord commanded Moses, Aaron put the manna in front of the testimony that it might be kept. The Israelites ate manna for 40 years until they came to a land that was settled. They ate manna until they reached the border of Canaan. Anoma is one-tenth of an ephah. Thank you, Helen. And now, um, Martin, we're looking forward to hearing what you have to say to us uh, um, based on this passage. Thank you. Morning, everybody. Let's pray. Let's pray together. Lord, we thank you that uh, your words, Jesus, man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. And so, Lord, we thank you that these words have come from your mouth. And we ask that you would feed us uh, with living bread this morning through your word. And Lord, as you feed us, help us to obey your word to us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, Sarah's still with me. Um, she sat in my big office chair um, because she prefers to do that when I'm preaching. So uh, she hasn't left me. Um, she's still with me, just in case you wondered. 
Um, this is a real, this is a team effort um, putting together these um, services and I, it, it's, it's very easy to take people's contributions for granted. So I just want to take the opportunity to thank Mark very much for uh, putting together that uh, storytelling uh, all age talk. That was great. So thank you, Mark. That was brilliant. He's doing identity at the moment. Yeah. Okay. Pass that on. And to, and to Steve uh, for persevering with the technology and making all this happen uh, every week because I haven't got a clue what to do with uh, with the technology. So thank you, Steve, for putting it all together and to Nigel for hosting and to Helen for reading so brilliantly uh, this morning. Thank you. It's a long, long passage and uh, he read it beautifully. So yeah, and to Alison for, for leading us through. So we really are uh, a team and uh, I just thank you all for your contributions and for setting me up this morning so that I can bring you uh, this word makes my job so much easier. So Israel had been rescued from the Egyptians in a miraculous and spectacular way by God. And so Israel were able to walk through the Red Sea on dry ground because God parted the sea. But when the Egyptians pursuing them tried to cross, God made the waters uh, cover them and they were all drowned. But we're on, we joined the story in the desert about a month after this and um, the Israelites are already beginning to grumble. Despite all the miracles of the uh, plagues that God performed, signs and wonders, and uh, this uh, miracle of the parting of the Red Sea, uh, they're, they're grumbling. And there's three grumbles um, through chapters 15, 16 and 17. Um, first of all, as Mark uh, outlined in his uh, story, they grumbled when they come to some water and it was bitter and they couldn't drink it. And uh, God miraculously turn the water sweet so they could drink it. Secondly, in the desert in Exodus 16, they grumble um, about a lack, of, uh, a, a lack of food. And then again in Exodus 17, they grumble again about a lack of water and God miraculously provides water when Moses strikes the rock. Very easy to uh, preach a sermon, isn't it? A, a self-righteous kind of sermon here and say, oh, those terrible Israelites, they're a bunch of grumblers. But uh, I wonder, are we, uh, are we much different? Grumbling seems endemic to human beings across culture and history. Um, here are some actual uh, complaints or grumbles by tourists that have been received by tourist operators from holidaymakers. I, I thought this, you needed a bit of a, a, a giggle this morning. Um, so here's some comments that uh, have appeared. Uh, people have complained, the beach was too sandy, um, no one told us there would be fish in the sea. The children were alarmed and startled. We had to queue outside with no air conditioning at the airport. Uh, the Mona Lisa is too small. Stonehenge is just a pile of stones. Actually, I've got some sympathy with that one. And Machu Picchu is too high. So these are some of the, uh, the grumbles or complaints that travel oper operators have actually received. That, I haven't made those up. Those are, those are actually uh, real ones. Now, I have some sympathy uh, with the grumbling of the Israelites due to a lack of food. Um, if I don't get food, I get very grouchy and uh, I grumble. Uh, my stomach grumbles and I'm not good to be around if my blood sugar level goes down. You can ask my family about that. I'm not good company. And here they were in the desert and they began to grumble. Um, let's just uh, pick up the story again in verse two. In the desert, the whole community grumbled against Moses and Aaron. 
the Israelites said to them, if only we died by the Lord's hand in Egypt. There we sat around pots of meat and ate all the food we wanted. But you have brought us out into this desert to starve the entire assembly to death. What is amazing about God is that he, despite the people grumbling, he doesn't punish them, but he uses this as an opportunity to lovingly teach and train his people through this desert experience. Verse four, then the Lord said to Moses, I will rain down bread from heaven for you. The people are to go out each day and gather enough for that day. In this day, I will test them and see whether they will follow my instructions. So as a result of their grumbling, God promises to provide manna from heaven for his people. He's teaching them to trust and obey him as the old hymn goes. And if they follow his instructions, they will have enough to eat and be satisfied. What are the instructions? Very simply, each morning everyone was to gather as much manna as they needed. And on the sixth day, they were to gather twice as much because the seventh day was to be a day of rest, the Sabbath. They were to stay in on that day. We know what it means now to stay in, don't we? And on days one to six, the people were warned not to keep any of the manna until the morning because it would go off and be filled with maggots. But on the seventh day, um, which was a Sabbath, a day of rest and worship, um, they were able to keep the manna by boiling and baking it overnight, and God promised that it wouldn't go off. Um, and they were not to try and gather manna on the seventh Sabbath day because God wouldn't provide any. In other words, stockpiling was off on the seventh day. And those who followed these instructions found that they had enough to eat by gathering the manna each morning. And those who boiled and baked the manna on the sixth day found that the manna could be eaten the next morning on the Sabbath. But in spite of these clear instructions, some people chose not to obey. Some people paid no attention to Moses and they kept some of the manna until the following morning. And guess what? Just as God warned, it had gone off and was full of maggots. And some of the people ignored the instructions about not collecting manna on the seventh, on the Sabbath even. Um, they decided that stockpiling was okay. And what did they find? They found that um, there was none to be gathered on the Sabbath, just as God said. Now, God does show his anger uh, eventually and uh, about the lack of obedience. And he says in verse 28, how long will you refuse to keep my commands and my instructions? And then he reiterates to Moses and the people why he's giving them these instructions in the first place. Verse 29, bear in mind that the Lord has given you the Sabbath. That is why on the sixth day, he gives you bread for two days. Everyone is to stay where they are on the seventh day. No one is to go out. In other words, God is training his people in the desert to obey his commandments. The commandments that he will give them uh, in chapter 19 on Mount Sinai, the Ten Commandments. And you remember that one of the commandments is you shall keep the Sabbath day holy to the Lord. You should do no work on that day. So he's training them in the desert for future obedience of his commandments. I love the way that God graciously and patiently deals with a very ungrateful and grumbling people. That's kind of good news to me. I, I hope it's good news to you. So God doesn't treat us as our sins deserve. And um, 
when the Israelites grumble against Moses for leading them into the desert where there's no food or water, they are actually complaining not against Moses, but against God. Why is that? Why does Moses say, look, who am I and Aaron? We're nobodies. You're actually complaining against God. Because grumbling actually shows a lack of trust in God's goodness, in who he is as the promise-keeping Yahweh who provides. He is the provider. And so by grumbling, they're really saying, Lord, we don't trust that you can provide everything that we need. They've forgotten that God rescued them miraculously from across the Red Sea. They'd forgotten all the signs and wonders of, of the plagues. And here they were in the desert, hungry and thirsty, and no longer did they trust in God's miraculous provision. Now that's crazy, isn't it? Because God is able to part the Red Sea. God was able to bring his uh, people out of Israel through the, the miracles and signs and wonders of the plagues. And yet they don't trust him. Um, I wonder sometimes, are we much different? We, when we start to grumble about our conditions, about our circumstances, we show really that we are not trusting in God and his provision, in his goodness and his sovereignty, don't we? We're really saying, Lord, like the Israelites, why have you brought us into this desert? Why am I going through this suffering? And we forget that God has rescued us and been faithful time and time again, not least in the, the death and resurrection of his son, but through all the prayers that have been answered through the years and decades of our lives, we so easily forget, don't we? And we start to grumble and complain. The other thing we do is we don't give thanks to God for who he is and his power and goodness and sovereignty. And we grumble, oh Lord, we'd have been better off, we say, back in Egypt, wherever Egypt was for you. We are to be a people of thanksgiving, a people who find our joy and fullness in God, a people who look at the circumstances and don't complain and grumble, but who give thanks for who God is. God is sovereign over the world at this time. There, is always, there are always things to give thanks for because God is loving, he's sovereign, he's merciful, and he provides everything that we need. I, I was thinking about this this week. Um, I wonder whether this lockdown period is a little bit like the desert experience that uh, the Israelites went through. It's, it's a bit of a testing time, isn't it? Um, I struggled early on uh, as a minister because I couldn't do all the things that I wanted to do. I felt, um, you know, a lack of freedom. I felt that my freedom had been stripped away. I couldn't go and visit people. I couldn't do, I couldn't go into hospitals. I couldn't go into rest homes. I couldn't do all the things that I normally would do. And I felt um, restricted and I felt as though my freedoms and choices have been limited. And I'll be honest, I struggled with that and was a little bit grouchy and grumpy in the early part of, of, of the lockdown. But I realized that actually maybe God is teaching and training me to go deeper in my love for him. Maybe this is a, a training period, a testing time and maybe I'm being taught to live by the word of God alone. Jesus said in Matthew 4, verse 4, man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. I'm learning what Jesus meant when he said those words. You know, when our 
choices and freedoms are stripped away, we suddenly find ourselves very, very dependent on God. And that's a good thing, isn't it? That's a good thing. That every day we're having to come to God and look to him. And the other good thing about lockdown, if I can be positive for a moment, if you'll forgive me this, is that I've got more time to pray and study the word of God and actually feed on living bread. Um, now, I'm looking forward to seeing you all again in the flesh. I'm looking forward to coming to church again. Can't wait. But let's use this time in the desert to go deeper in our love for God. Let's not grumble, but let's be a people who use this as an opportunity to come closer in. You know, being stripped of comforts, choices, freedoms um, brings us face to face with some tough questions about ourselves. Where do we draw our identity from? Do we draw our identity from our roles, our busyness? Do we feel a sense of um, sort of importance through our busyness and through our activity? Or actually, do we find our identity and our security and our significance in God alone? Or are we looking to other things for our source of, um, of identity? You see, we cannot live on bread alone. We were never made to live on bread alone. Um, Food, clothes, holidays, leisure activities, jobs, careers are all good things. They're all good gifts from God, but they were never meant to be the things that we worship and place at the center of our lives. They're not what is meant to make us tick. They're not the things that God intended to give us fullness of life and joy and meaning and purpose and identity. Good as they are, God is stripping away some of these things, I believe so that we will learn what it means to live by God's word, every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. You see, life without knowing and loving God lacks true, commit, true contentment, true meaning, true purpose. Jesus said of himself, when he, when he said, I am the living bread, which has come down from heaven, and he fed 5,000 men and women in the, in the wilderness, Jesus said this in John 6, 35, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me will never go hungry. And he who believes in me will never be thirsty. You see, Jesus is the fulfillment of the manna in the desert. He is the food that never goes off, that never spoils. He will feed us forever. His manna means that if we feed on him, we will never go thirsty and never be hungry. Um, the Israelites had something um, of a preview of this manner, but we have the fullness of it in Jesus. Jesus said, I have come that you may have life, life in all its fullness. And uh, if we want life in all its fullness, we find it by feeding on Jesus, the living bread, which has come down from heaven. Um, and this is to be an ongoing relationship. Um, if we're to be satisfied, content, happy, fulfilled, then we find that fulfillment and joy by coming to Jesus and feeding on him, the living bread. How do we go on feeding on Jesus day by day? Well, we need to, um, we need to feed on him and his word. Um, eating and drinking is an active thing, isn't it? We need to take in, we need to chew, and we need to digest and enjoy it. And reading the word of God and praying it through is to be a slow thing. Um, 
I, I, one, of the, one of the objections I have to McDonald's these days is that it, you're encouraged to bolt it down as quickly as possible, aren't you? And to not enjoy it, but just get it down. And uh, I like to enjoy my food, to enjoy the taste, to chew it, to take it in. And it's, it's a social thing. It's, a, it's an enjoyable thing. We're not, we don't want to eat on the hoof and just bolt it down and move on to the next thing. It's a social thing. We want to take our time, enjoy it, enjoy the company we're with. with, with. And it's the same by feeding on Jesus. We want to take our time and we have more time in this experience, don't we? To chew on, meditate on, take in the word of God every day, meditate on it, chew on it, digest it, enjoy it and pray it through. Um, and that's what I believe God is teaching us through this desert experience. Trust and obey for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus than to trust and obey. Um, so let's not be grumblers in these testing times. Let us commit to feeding on Jesus the living bread. And we are called to share this living bread with others, aren't we? We're called to love the Lord our God with all our heart, with all our soul, with all our mind and our strength, and to love our neighbor as ourselves. And as we feed on living bread and love God, we then have living bread in us to share with others. And what an opportunity we have as Christians and as the church in these days, uh, wherever we meet people, whether that's online um, or on the phone or out and about walking from a distance, keeping our two meter distance, um, we can share living bread with people, can't we? We can, we can share our faith, but we can only do that if we fed on living bread ourselves. So why don't you share living bread this week by inviting somebody to come on Youth Alpha or the Adult um, Alpha. Invite somebody to come. It's the easiest invite in the world, isn't it? Um, they, they just have to come online and take part and feed on Jesus the living bread. Let's pray. Jesus, forgive us when we are like the Israelites, when we grumble and complain about the, the stripping away of the, of the freedoms and choices that, that has happened in this lockdown. Lord Jesus, teach us in this desert experience to go deeper in our relationship with you. Lord, teach us what it means to live not by bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. May we learn again what it means, Lord, to trust and obey you. May we learn again, Lord, what true fulfillment, true contentment in you means as we meditate on your word, as we pray, as we enjoy feasting on you, Jesus, the bread of life. So Lord, forgive us for our grumbling and complaining. Forgive us, Lord, when we um, sort of complain because we feel we've lost control of our circumstances. Lord, we were never in control in the first place. You are sovereign, you're in control. So Lord, help us to rest and to trust that you are the provider and that all good things are in you and come through you. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, Steve, now could you uh, lead us in our, our closing song, just reminding us where our priorities should lie. Thank you. Hey
you give us to drink from those sources that will never run dry. Lord, would you give us that hunger and that thirst after you to spend more time with you in, in your word and deepening our relationship with you. And now let's close by saying the Lord's Prayer. We might not be able to hear one another, but uh, let's say it together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. And so uh, I hope that uh, we all have, have a good week. Um, there was an opportunity to, to pray perhaps for individuals, but I know that uh, you'll be aware of situations where uh, prayer is needed. And so um, I'm sure that we'll be praying um, for, for the situations that are known to us throughout the week. So have a good week and um, look forward to us all coming together next Sunday. <laughs>